coming to you from the City of Roses. This is the broadcast by Last Professionals and for Last Professionals. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Today, we are going to have Christy Lee Gennari on our show. Christy Lee is someone that we met last year during the COVID world and the shutdown and connected with her and really found that we have very similar DNA. We both love to question everything. We love to try new things. We love to test the parameters and see if what's being taught is true and then to keep the things that don't or do are true and those aren't, maybe try for other solutions. So, yeah, she's really amazing, very creative, very passionate person. I will say that. She loves our industry and we're very fortunate fortunate to have her come on and she's going to really share a little bit about her story. She is a military wife, so she is used to moving. She's used to starting over. And some of you out there might be doing the same thing where COVID kind of shut you down, or maybe you're moving because you have to change places or locations and you're a little scared, right? How do you do it? Well, Christy Lee, she's going to share some of the stuff that she did that helped her rebuild her business multiple times. Before we get into all that, let's do a few announcements. As always, we have our Apple Podcast Review giveaway, where if you write a review, screenshot it, and email it to paul at lashcastpodcast.com, you'll be entered into a drawing for our $200 Amazon gift card. So go do that today. We also have our Lashcast Insider Club, coolest club in the world. What is it? Well, as I've told you in the past, guys, this is where you get all the good deals from us. This is how you get discounts. We just had a webinar for our Lash Allergy course, and people saved money because they were on the list for that. When you um, basically sign up for LashCon, or if you sign up for our coaching program, and all that stuff, we give discounts through this group. So you want to be on this list. Links in the show notes. Overcoming the last allergy course. This should be wrapping up in the next 24 hours. So if you have not bought this, not taken, I think we've now had over five, 600 people take the course. Uh, you want to sign up today. I promise you this is how you're going to get back all those clients you lost from the allergy. Or if you won't lose anyone from this point on who has an allergy, it's an amazing course and it's available now. If you buy it, you'll go right away and watch it. And then we have our live Q&As in May and you can hang out with us and ask all your questions. We will be there for you. It's a great class and I promise you, you will benefit greatly from it so sign up you have like maybe 24 hours it's coming out this thursday tickets stop being sold on the 23rd in the evening at midnight pacific standard time uh, last con tickets coming up soon so stand by coming really soon we also guys if you have a story if you have something interesting to say we want to have you on our podcast so you need to tell us about that you just need to email me at paul at lashcastpodcast.com and let me know what your story is what does you want to share what how do you want to uplift our industry maybe it's an overcoming story maybe it's something you see a problem and you have solutions for whatever it is please submit your ideas to us and maybe you'll get selected to be on our podcast and last guys we have our Tuscany's last retention and styling course May 22nd to the 23rd in Indianapolis we have five tickets left to sell and we basically the link should be in the show notes and we are now it's all official online and you can buy your ticket today I know it's only like four and a half weeks from now but this guys is going to teach you really about how we get four week attention with all Tuscany's clients as well as doing a different different approach to styling for both pre-made fans as well as classic you can be volume two but really Tuscany teaches really what is classic and pre-mades so or kind of like hybrid i guess between those two and you will learn her philosophy towards styling which really is a little bit different and doesn't she doesn't use lash maps and i know that's not popular to say but she doesn't and she does quite fine so if you guys want to take that course please look at the link in the show notes all right that's everything i have for you guys otherwise we're really excited to sit down with christy lee and sit down and learn about her last journey and how she keeps bouncing back every time she has to move Hey 
guys. We are here in the Lashcast Studios. Excited to come back again. I have Tustin here with me, and we have our special guest, Christy Lee Ganari. I almost messed it up. That's it. <laughs> so welcome to the show, Christy Lee. Thank you so much for having me. This is freaking awesome. Yeah, no, we're really <laughs> excited to have you on. Christy Lee, we met last year during the pandemic and yes. uh, got connected through Instagram. And then she asked to be part of our focus group that we were pushing hard um, late last year. And she, Heck yeah. yeah, and she <laughs> jumped in it. And it's been awesome. We've actually had like three sessions where I just ask lots of questions and they give me their honest opinions. And Christy Lee is really quite passionate about lashes, I've learned. Well, can I just say, I have such a special place in my heart for you. I don't know what it is, but I feel so protective of you. I remember like one of the first times I think we met you was on on a, I think we were doing an Instagram, something like that. And you shared a little bit about yourself and I just felt this love for you. And for some reason, it just stuck. And I just, I feel so protective and thankful that you're in our lives. Aw, same, because y'all really, even that short little live, like, got me through a lot during COVID. (laughs) Yeah, we did a lot of lives. We did podcasts. I think every, like, three or four times a week we were doing a podcast live, you know, just trying to put content out there for people to listen and just help out any way we could. Well, one of the reasons why you stuck out to me was because I think you'd mentioned your husband was deployed. And, you know, I have a brother who's in the military and he's been many months away from home. And I just know, not firsthand, but how much a sacrifice that goes in for, for a family and especially for a wife and a mother. It's like you are a single parent and just this happened during the pandemic. And I just, I felt compassion because I knew that you were having to juggle with a lot more, even though I'd never met you. I just saw your name. (laughs) And I just remember thinking, I felt like I was just putting myself out there, but I'm like, I just want to pray for you. I just want to pray for your husband. And and that's what we did. And y'all did. Yes. (laughs) It was the sweetest thing ever. I mean, we do make a lot of sacrifices, but honestly, we're a rare breed and we wouldn't change anything. We would keep just we just keep on doing it. So thankful for you. You do. Yeah. <laughs> no, and people are more resilient, more tough than they often realize. I think you just yes. don't know until you're put in that situation to see what you can do. So that all said, today we have a few things we hope to cover. We'll see where this goes. We kind of are going to keep it a little bit loose, but Christy Lee is uh, has a unique story, I think, because of the military connection with her husband and moving and having to start over again. And as well as talking a little bit about COVID, we want to talk about COVID and how you survived and worked through that. Because I know there's a lot of people, even now, still maybe not feeling terribly excited or feeling connected or hopeful or discouraged. And I know, especially like in England, I think by this point, our English friends in the UK, things will be open. But I know Canada, it's been really tough. Australia, it's been really tough. So it's been a, it's a, been a tough year. But that said, hopefully we'll hear some stuff from you and unpack it and encourage everyone and we'll see where it goes. So before, why don't we first find out how you got in lashing? Kind of like what brought you into this? Because obviously you didn't decide to become a chef. You, you Something attracted you to becoming a lash artist. So that's a really awkward, funny story. So I did hair for 11 years and developed carpal tunnel. Oh. The day that I had to quit doing hair, I was actually doing a full head of highlights. Could not finish it. Had to get one of the other girls in the salon to finish. And that's when I knew my hair career was over. I was calling clients and rescheduling everybody with someone else. And I didn't know what else to do from there. Can you explain why you couldn't finish? My hands, like it was was painful. painful. Both hands too or just one? 
just my right hand. Okay. So, you know, with highlights and everything, it was really tough. And I just, I physically, my hand, I just couldn't do it anymore. Then after that, I knew I wanted to stay in the beauty industry and I was trying to figure out a way to do that. So I went and managed at a Cosmoprof, which is, you know, the store where beauty professionals buy all their professional products. And I was there for about two years and this hairstylist comes in the front door. The first thing I noticed about her is her lashes and they weren't very cute at all. <laughs> so she comes in and I was like, oh my gosh, I love your lashes. Cause they were like super yes. long. And it's like, how can you leggy. not notice them? Right? <laughs> yes. So I got sucked in and she's like, thanks girl. They were only like $40. Other lash artists charge like a hundred. My friend did them. And I don't remember anything after that because my mind was like, all of a sudden just zoomed into how tedious and how I just wanted to fix them. Like I knew nothing about lashes, but I wanted to fix them. It was like compulsive. <laughs> it was compulsive coming out of you. It was. I was like, there, I can just, I wonder if I can just do this right now. But no, so she got all of her stuff. She came in to check out. I misrang her like twice because I was so distracted. distracted. <laughs> I was, I was so embarrassed. You want some more lashes with your you know, supplies here? With your shampoo yeah, yeah, and shampoo. Your, your combs. Yeah. So she left and I started doing research right away. I got one of my other girls to come up and check everybody out. And I found a company that certified a well-known company and I took their very next class and I've been lashing ever since then, but I left Cosmoprof um, because I wanted more of a set schedule so I could lash. Yeah. And I went and got an office job Monday through Friday, eight to five. It paid really well. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll keep this job. I'll lash on the side. Everything will be great. I'll still have my hands kind of dipped in the beauty industry. Less than two months after that, I got fired for not sending an email to a very important client. Oh my gosh. And I had no choice but to dive straight into lashing. And I did it 24 seven as much as I could. And it just went crazy from there. Like it was a career. I was 31. I'd never had a career until I was 31 and it was lashes. Like you never think when you're 10 years old, hey, I'm gonna be a lash artist when I grow yeah. up. That just wasn't a thing. So it sounded like it just took off like gasoline and a fire, right? It just sparked. Yeah. I had friends that were like, hey, practice on me. Because by that time, we'd been in Maryland for a couple of years and I knew some people. And they were all telling me because I lashed out of my house. They're like, hey, if you ever go lash outside of your home, I have friends that want their lashes done. So eventually I started listening to them and I went and got my own space with just eight clients, enough money to pay for my rent. And people just started trickling in and it's just gotten big ever since. That's how you do it. Now, were you concerned about carpal tunnel though during this time? Because obviously for you, there must have been feeling like you're using your hands again. So beforehand. So, yeah. yes, it bothers me every once in a while, but nothing like doing hair. Like it's just yeah. a little bit of movement in my fingers. It's not like my whole hand and my wrist holding a heavy blow dryer and a round brush and doing yeah. highlights. And doing this motion like, like cutting, right? I'm and sure when that's your hands be... are like this and you're bent, I nobody can see what I'm doing, but I'm like bending my wrist <laughs> and, yes. and like faking like I'm cutting somebody's like hair. Like a hook. You have like a hook hand. A hook hand, yeah. It was when it's <laughs> bent, you know? Doing hair was crazy on my hand, but no lashing was just, it was so much easier. It's so much less weight, smaller motions. And okay. every once in a while, it'll flare up and I wear a wrist, like a brace, mm -hmm. and just kind of wait for it to calm down and I just keep on going. So you, you take, know how to manage it. Do you take time off? Do you say, hey, I'm going to take a day or two off? Or you just lessen your schedule? Or do you just do a few other things and that helps you work through the pain? I do a few other things. So I work in a salon and spa where I actually ask some of the girls to like awkwardly massage my hand for me. Oh, okay. 
But yeah, but the brace really helps. I wear it for a few days and I take it off when I lash and I just kind of like suck it up with the pain. Mm -hmm. Eventually, yes, I will have to get carpal tunnel surgery, but I am trying to push that off as far as I can. Do you uh, do ice or heat or anything like that to help your hand? No, I we, we should send know. you, we should we should send you, send you our, our protocol. protocol. Yeah. I had the surgery. <laughs> I had it in both hands, but they don't do both at the same time. So I was going to get one done and then two weeks later get the other. But we started following a protocol and with just a little bit of rest, I changed everything and I didn't need it on my left hand. So yeah. we've got nice. like a great formula yeah. to help anybody who's struggling with this. If you The first inkling that you've got a little bit of something you immediately go into this routine. And yeah. one of the first things is actually getting more sleep. But Yeah, we actually connected. Lack of sleep is probably the number one trigger that we found with people with getting really sore hands. We watch our staff over from 20, 2009 to 2019, 10 years, we would see staff call, go, oh, my hands. And we at first, we didn't, okay, we'll just take you off the floor for a week. And we had you know sick pay, so we'd just pay them to stay home. But then we began to realize, we, I would just ask a question, because I started to hear them saying, oh, I'm just not sleeping a lot lately. Oh, it's been a hard time. And we realized that's almost every time I'd ask after they say, my hands were sore. So how's your sleeping been? Oh, it's been a bad week. I'm not sleeping much. Because those growth factors, yeah, Yeah. the growth factors are made when you're in like your eighth hour of sleep, you know. So a lot of that stuff comes out, and then there's other things like ice and you know things Uh that you can do. But yeah, no, I don't sleep at all. (laughs) Yeah, okay. I'm a night owl and I wake up stupid early. So no, that's something maybe try next time when you get sore. Say no, I'm just gonna be disciplined for a week. Get eight hours, even if I don't feel like doing it. And just sleep a lot more. You may find yourself healing a little quicker. So hopefully. Heck yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Here we are doing some medical <laughs> help for injury. But I know it. I think there's a lot of people that have to deal with that issue. So this is hopefully helpful. And I know I'll just say this. Now, if you guys want, maybe something I'll put together is the PDF. Mm-hmm. And I'll maybe I'll try to put that up in our Lashcast Insider group on Facebook. So you can download the form there. Um, because I, I nice. want you know help people out by getting that form. Um, it's it's mostly stuff that's pretty easy to research and find out. It's not like some magic shaman comes in and and does <laughs> some magic over you and you're healed. But it's, it's a lot of self evident stuff. But that said, I'll just put the PDF for um, we'll call it for injuries, and then I'll put that out there. Dude, that would be awesome. <laughs> cool. So all right, so let's talk about next. So you've built your business, got going. But you're a military wife or spouse, as we said earlier, and that means moving. That's not something you don't sit somewhere for 30, 40 years, same house. There's this constant pressure to have to move and go to different places because guys in the military and women in the military tend to get, you know, reassigned, right? So Got to move them, yeah. Yeah, they gotta keep them moving, keep it fresh, I guess. I don't know. But that all said, <laughs> tell us maybe what's it like to first be a military spouse and then, you know, maybe some of the struggles that you've had to deal with as trying to build a business that because of that. Yeah. So I love being a military spouse. I get so many, and I know a lot of people say you don't get opportunities, you get them taken away from you, but you don't. We get a lot of opportunities that a lot of other people don't get. We get to our networking. We get to know so many people from all over the world. And it's like our friends that we end up making become our family. We just have a huge, huge family. And being a military spouse and having to move your business constantly, I have actually learned to embrace it and love it. I am one that I like to start over every couple of years. <laughs> and the one thing that I get to do that not very many other people get to do is start over. So things that I learned in my the first go around, things that worked, I keep them, things that didn't work, you throw them away, you 
figure out something else to do. But when you move to that new space, you could take everything that worked to that clean slate and then you just get to keep building. So you really can only get better if you just keep doing it and keep challenging yourself. It's like refining. You're mm. actually yes, refining exactly. at and, every move. And I get to do that with my business every couple of years. And I think it's great. I mean, there comes a point where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm unstoppable. But I mean, you're just, <laughs> you, you don't want to stay stagnant. You want to just keep growing. Yeah. So cool. So how many times have you had to rebuild your business now? Oh my gosh, my beauty business. Let me get my fingers out. Georgia, Texas, Florida, Maryland, Illinois, five times. Oh my gosh. So you might want to offer a class just on building a business because you've done it five times. You've probably tried things to go, this I know doesn't work. This I know does work. And we'll get into some of that in a bit here, but that's a special talent. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I try to learn from my mistakes and that's really all you can do. Yeah. I want to first jump into back of March of last year, and then we're going to get into I really how you rebuild and all that. But what I thought we'd first get into, just because I want to almost chronologically go through this, and that is 2020 hit. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, great, a COVID talk. Yes, a COVID talk. Yes, we're going to talk about COVID it. Talk. And by the way, if you're hearing this a year or two from now and COVID's over, insert whatever world problem or economical <laughs> problem or any setback, your home burns down, your business catches fire, whatever it is, there's always something in our life that's going to punch us in the stomach. If you're a salon owner or business owner, it's just normal. It's part of what you sign up for. So don't just think, well, just skip the COVID talk. Just, I think some of the things that happen here, hopefully we'll talk about will be applicable to many aspects uh, in one's career. So for you, how did the shutdown affect you? What happened when you were told it's it, you're done, can't do lashes? Yeah. So like you said, everybody has their COVID story. Mine was pretty devastating. Like you said, my husband, he was deployed for a year. I don't have any kids. I've got three dogs. So my passion is lashes. So my passion and my clients, my job, my business, that's what kept me going. Um, It's what distracted me. And when COVID came and out of nowhere, just took that away. I wasn't in a good spot. I hit rock bottom and it took me a while to realize that I had to take care of myself. During COVID, like when we first met, I was watching a lot of Instagram lives and some videos. And I remember lash artists and lash influencers saying, hey, you need to work on let's, you know, this is a good time to rebrand your business, to build a new business plan, to talk to your clients, to just change and make everything better while you have nothing to do. Yeah. I remember hearing people say that and be like, I freaking don't want to do that. <laughs> I, like, what? Yeah. I was like, I don't want to talk to my clients. Don't get me wrong. I love and adore my clients, but I was just in that dark little space. I was again by myself and it just, I don't know. It, it takes a toll on you, but I felt guilty because I didn't care about my business at the time. I didn't care about my clients and I saw y'all's live and y'all were actually like responding to me and talking to me. And then I said, Hey, my husband's gone for a year and y'all prayed for me. And that was just the sweetest thing ever. And it just, it was helping to turn my thought process around. And then a few days later, I remember getting this blue Borboletta box on my front porch. And I was like, I'm broke. I didn't order anything. <laughs> like what's going on. So I opened it up and it was a huge box of, um, Borboletta cool downs from Kimber. And I remember opening that and just bawling my eyes out because finally someone from the industry was telling me, girl, it is okay to focus on you. Don't worry about that other stuff. You take time for you, figure out what you need. You do it. 
And shortly after that, I got up the courage to, I say escape Maryland because at the time they didn't want anybody traveling. Yeah. So I escaped Maryland. I went back down to Georgia with my family and I stayed there until about two weeks before Maryland opened back up. So <sighs> it was about three and a half months of not so great times. Yeah. <laughs> but you were with family, it sounds like. So that had to at least be. Support you support like you water wings, right? Kind of like buoy you up a little water bit. Water wings. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Well, not until I went down, but I yeah. mean, because they would call me, my clients would call me and check on me. And I was just like, oh, yeah, cool. I'm great. Thanks. Mm-hmm. And that was it. But it it took, you know, two little things, you two, and then a sweet little package from Kimber. And I just, okay, I've got to start taking care of me. Let's get yeah. out of this and Change go do up. it. And I think that's something that's a good advice to anyone when you get in that rut, right? You get that stuck place. Changing scenery for me has always been something. I know for us, we had been stuck home for a couple of times. I remember one of our, we decided to go on a date in our car <laughs> and go to, and just go down to the beach. <laughs> and there, there was this thing where the waves were glowing. I there was the said. luminescence in the ocean. Yeah. And the plankton or something yeah. like that. And you would see as the waves would come up, they would glow at like night. Like a glow stick. Like a glow stick, like one of those glow sticks. And so we went, there was a restaurant you could drive up, you can buy some food. And we sat in a car and just sat there by the ocean and just watched the waves. And it was so refreshing because it was the first time in a couple months that we'd gotten out of the house. Because yeah. we literally for like, Aww. I think two months, didn't, didn't leave. leave. Didn't go out of the house, went to the grocery store and came back. That was it. And it was really refreshing. Hard. It helped you feel a little, like something just changed. Like, okay. Yeah, it was like a breath of fresh air. So changing your scenario. Oh, I love yeah. it. Y'all are so cute. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. But that I think for you to do that, that's really cool. And I'm glad, you know, thanks for sharing that. I mean, for us, we were doing those podcasts and these lives every day. And we didn't know if anyone, you know, the lives don't really get the same audience they used to. Like you do a live now, it's like 15, 20 people maybe versus a few years ago, I felt like 30, 40, 50, 80 people would show up for a live. So uh, you don't know, but we just felt like, you know what? We were at home stuck with nothing to do. Why not? Right? Why not, Why not encourage people? You know, it meant the world to me. <laughs> no. I'm so glad. So your husband is gone over and he's serving right now in your home and all this stuff. And you get back on your feet. So for you, when you came back, actually, first I want to say this, actually, as I'm thinking about this through, and I hope people understand that we all process pain, loss, changes in our life different ways. Some people, I think we're, like I said, I think I made a post about, you know, we're not in a productivity race. But man, some people are really crushing everyone mm-hmm. in the industry. You got to rechange everything. Re, like you said, rebrand, build a new website. Yes. Build, Pay your space. Start you a know. new business, launch three new online businesses, teaching, coaching, training, all these things, all like in the next two months, or you failed. Write a book, by the way, write an ebook. And you saw all these people going crazy. And I remember talking to quite a few influencers who just disappeared. And I remember talking to them and saying, no, I've just said, I'm just not going to do anything for three months I, until I can work again. I'm just going to take this time for me. I'm just going to chill. I'm going to stay home. I'm going to watch a lot of t- movies, TV, maybe read some books I've always wanted to read, hang out with family. And I'm just not going to care. It's just too much, too stressful. And I think people forget that there is no race here. Like the first person wins. We're not playing zero sum game with lashes. There's enough clients. There's enough room for everyone to be able to make a career and do something with it. And I just think sometimes it's okay to just check out and take that downtime for yourself and not have to apologize or anything. And not feel bad because I think that guilt comes in. I don't know about you if you struggle with guilt. Oh, it totally did. Yeah. totally did. But you have to do what's best for you and you've got to make those decisions and anything else you come up with, you're just hurting yourself and hurting others. Yeah. 
It's just survival. You're just trying to survive. Exactly. Give yourself some grace. And Instagram is not going to change your life, make it better. Like, especially if you're just doing a last artist and you can't work anyways. I mean, why stress? Stop posting. I mean, just take a break. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what? You will post again and then you'll rebuild and start all over. And for you, you've done this so many times now, you know how to rebuild a business if you have to. So it is feasible to shut down your Instagram guys. I know a lot of people think, no, 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 I got to post every day. It's like they're slaves to their Instagram and it's killing them and it's frustrating them. And I've seen, because we've been in this industry now for like 16 years, I've seen people come and go and they do burn out. And it's because mm-hmm. even more so now because of Instagram. Before it was just the work itself. But now I think people feel enslaved to this phone on top of their regular last job. And it can it can be a real downward spiral. So damn, just shout out to those of you who took a break. It's all good. And if you want to right You're now cool. after this yes, episode, take that break. You know what? We'll still be here when you're done. It's not like the world's going to end on you. Exactly. All right. So for you, you got through all that. You survived, shut down. What was it, aside from regrouping, was there anything else that you found that helped motivate you, engage? How did you reach out to your clients? How did you start rebuilding again once you start feeling that need to you know, get going? I honestly didn't have to do too much. I was in the D.C. area, so I had a lot of government employees. I would say like 80% of my clientele was government. They actually wanted me to lash them during lockdown because they were still going to work. Mm -hmm. They were still doing Zoom meetings, and so they still wanted to look great. I Once they actually lifted the restrictions, um, they were starting to contact me first before I could even get back out to contacting them. I only lost three clients during the comeback. Wow. But I ended up gaining five more. So it's just it a, that, nothing really stopped them there. They were just like, oh, my gosh, thank God I can have my lashes back. So you obviously have some sort of connection, it sounds like, with your clients. Because clients could go elsewhere, right? If you're not around for a few months, you know, clients will just start calling other lash mm-hmm. artists. Like, are you open? Are you open? But people sounds like they were pretty much like, no, no, we'll wait for you. That customer service you talk about, Paul. Yeah, that thing. Mm. Yeah. Is it time to talk about that yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. <laughs> it's like, I think that's, I think the next step was talking about how do you rebuild a business? Yeah. Well, the part that I'm just so amazed at is that you picked up and you moved so many times and it's like, there's no downtime really for you. I mean, it's like in four months, you've got a full clientele again. And we were talking well, about- Well, let's set that because I don't think we okay. explained that. She moved November and in the email when we were talking back and forth, she says, yeah, in four and a half months, she was back up working 40 hours a week with 60 clients. Right. In four and a half months, that's that's crazy fast. So hell yeah, yeah, it's way, it's awesome. Pat on the back, yes, yes absolutely. You totally deserve a pat on the back because you have proven. Like we were talking in the car as we were thinking about prepping for this. It's just like she totally knows what she's doing, and she's got the customer service thing handled. I mean, that's what I want to talk to you about. My big secret. Yes, yeah. share your yeah. secret because there's a lot of people out there that are struggling. You know, they've been doing it or for longer than longer. four months. Yeah, and they're like, still, and trying, they're to still trying to get a clientele. So what is your secret? When you go somewhere new, you don't know anybody, how do you get your books full? So my big old secret. Um, I don't have one. Okay, that's good. All right, okay. we're done. All right. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. I don't have a big secret. So my thing is, is I just don't. So I learned early on that you can't go chasing and looking for clients. You have to make them come to you. Mm -hmm. So I completely dropped that part. And I wanted everything that I do works for me and may not work for everybody, but it's my jam. It's what works. It's what keeps me going. It's what builds my business. So I try not to worry about getting the clients in. I did my research when I moved. I knew I didn't know a single person here. 
So I went and found a salon and spa that had a high-end clientele already. Mm -hmm. That was a great location. The hairstylists, the estheticians, everything, their work was top-notch. And how did you find that out through like reviews? I mean, how do you know? Researching, talking, looking at photos, social media, Facebook, watching their correspondence with their clients, looking at all of their photos. So I found a salon and I rented a room from her. I honestly probably got like three clients and then everything else was word of mouth. Really? And it was their clients. And before I knew it, I was getting people that weren't even in the salon. Um, But I do a lot of things different. Like as far as customer service, for all of my new clients, I, I call them goodie bags, but I set them up for success. If they're going to invest in their lashes, I want to invest in their lashes too. So I set them up with travel size cleansers, a cleansing brush, cool down gel pads for underneath their eyes. I set them up with spoolies, little cute little postcard for like tips and tricks and stuff. I do that for my clients. Is that extra by the way, or is that all just part of like the welcome package when they first come in? No, I give that away for free for my clients. Mm, Good for you. And that's just because I love that. We all like, yeah, we all like free stuff. We all like stuff that helps us to take care of ourselves. So that's what I started doing. Um, a couple of other little things that when I moved here, my Maryland clients were like, you know what? I really miss you brushing my lashes throughout the service. (laughs) And I know a lot of stylists will not agree with me on that. Uh Um, but I brush my clients lashes a few times during their hour fills and they love it. And two, it helps me to see, to make sure that both of my eyes are Mm -hmm. even and they have a great shape. So that I do. Why would stylists or artists be against that? I don't understand. Is that because it slows you down or? It's a time waster. And also a lot of adhesives, I guess, don't dry quick enough. Mm -hmm. Um, But the adhesive that I use is really, really good. Yeah. So (laughs) So, that's not an issue for us, I think. But yeah. Yeah. So I just, I brush the lashes. Um, And then I also use like a airbrush makeup machine to dry their lashes with. Oh. And then give them a nice little massage underneath their eye. And then if they're still asleep when I'm done, I actually give their forehead like a nice little massage with the airbrush, which they love. I thought you were going to say you pull pull their eyes open. (laughs) (laughs) While they're sleeping there. Hey, wakey, wakey. "Ah!" (laughs) Well, wait a minute. They won't come back. So you do a massage with the airbrush. Yeah, you just do it on their forehead in little circles, and it's like a nice little wake up. Oh, that's like a little yeah. It's not like okay, you're tapping their forehead. Okay, you can wake up now. It's just a nice little sweet. What a great little. By the way, guys, are the little things that I know what we did in our salon that when someone went to if they left you. They go, wow, they didn't do like anything. They just gave me lashes. They didn't fluff me during the service. Yeah. She, she didn't do my little massage. That's what I heard from all of my Maryland clients. Yeah. People love the little things. And then when they do cheat on you, because some once in a while a client will, <laughs> they then begin to realize, even appreciate you more because you do all these little things that make it special. And then they become forever loyal clients. Like we used to have a saying, they always come back. They they'll they'll cheat yes. once every couple of years. I'm going to go try someone new. They or they actually, back. they don't say that ever. They say, well, I'm just going to take a break or I'm just, you know, whatever. And, you know, mm-hmm. and then, you know, three months later, they're back in the schedule. And you're like, oh, you're back, Mrs. Jones. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. And, you, and then I talked to the staff member and go, yeah, she had lashes on. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like oh, okay, so she went somewhere else. So that's all good. So that's really cool. So for you, again, raising that bar for customer service, not just giving them good lashes, but trying to find little things that can make it special. Yeah, the tiniest little things. And then I also do my classic sets completely different than most artists and pretty much everyone in my area here. Mm -hmm. Um, If you look at my Instagram, 
you can't even tell they're classic lashes. They're full, they're dense, they're soft and fluffy at the same time, but they're classics. Mm -hmm. It's like you're creating a little niche. Nobody else does it the same way that you do. You're not going to be able to get what you do anywhere else. And I love it. And I actually had another lash artist, Fernanda at Lilac Lash in Maryland. She taught me this technique and you basically just use volume lashes. I use 0.03s or 0.05s and you just don't fan them out. So you get the dense look of like a classic lash and then it wraps around the natural lash, giving it better retention. And then the end of it just fans out ever so slightly to give it a fuller, softer but still bold look and no one else does that here. And that's like the brain exploding right now. Let me (laughs) just ask you a quick technical question. When you're doing that as a classic lash, are you using a regular tweezer or are you using a volume tweezer? I use a boot tweezer for everything. Okay. So you just pull like a few out, but you don't fan them. They're in a- You keep them a little more close together. That's, that's, yep. You just pick them up off the line and you dip them in the adhesive and you put them on the lash and it's just, that's it. Love it. It's a more full volume or classic look. I get that. It makes sense. That's so, yeah, sets me apart from the other artists. And it's, I have people that come to me just, I do more classic sets, which I love volumes and megas. But classics is what people come to me for. Interesting. That's Again, amazing. I love it. I want to try that. Trying to think outside the box, do something different. Yeah. Create your own niche. We were doing classics only in our salon all the way up to like, basically to when we closed. Tuss had started doing volume or pre-mades, but most of our staff is still doing classic, but we were doing 150 plus lashes on per eye. So it looked very, It's the same thing that you, natural. it doesn't look like classic lashes. No. It looks like a volume set it because like it's a so full. light volume set. And it's also I because mm-hmm. uh, we basically- lashed everything this is a, we did some big no-nos like we would lash baby lashes we would lash Heck everything yeah, yeah. Who doesn't? i know who doesn't oh that's the lash gods might strike you down <laughs> well oh my gosh y'all i lash the shit out of some baby lashes yeah. like they're all getting lashed they get special treatment but they still get lashed yeah. they absolutely do and i was just talking with a dermatologist who's actually an expert on contact dermatitis and uh, it's, it's different than dr stout but i will introduce you guys to him and we were talking about lashing these small small baby lashes. And he says, well, why don't people want to do that? Cause I said, it's a no, no. And he says, why? And I said, it's well, crazy. because people think that they're going to damage them. And he's like, that's absolutely ridiculous. It's in the antigen stage, you know, yeah, it's actually growing. So, yeah. You're not damaging. And that's something we want. He's do. like, can you explain to me why they would think that that's damaging? And I said, well, they're looking at it and it looks like a small, fine lash. They are not understanding that in just a couple of weeks, it's going to be more Mature. mature lash. They don't understand that. They look at it and they think it's it's fine, it's weak. It's they don't have the sense going, yeah. that it's going to continue to grow. So it's kind of like a, a truncated understanding of how lashes work. So yeah. I lash it and then when you come back in for a fill, obviously it's grown out. You take that extension off that lash. You relash it with a better lash and just keep going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we'll have to do another episode on lash damage. Cause I, I think this is probably the greatest, one of the greatest fears in our industry that really isn't something to be afraid of. I, we, I haven't done this and we may do, do this soon where we ask like, I want someone to send me photos of permanent lash damage. Yeah. Show me some permanent yes. lash damage, please. Right. I'd like to see it. Cause yeah. Just I like, haven't seen just it. Just show me some permanent nail damage. It's either. same yeah. thing. Show me some permanent nail damage. Love to see it. So anyhow, that's it. We won't get into that here because that will uh, totally (laughs) take us off track. But that said, for you, you basically went in, started, you know, got three clients from the salon, just wowed them. 
do they, and they become your fans? Is that what happens? Do you incentivize them? Do you give them any sort of, hey, if you do this, I'll give you a kickbacks or anything to help reward them for re referring people to you? No, at first I did not. They were just very big social media people and they went and tagged me in everything and then kept tagging, you know, two and a half weeks later with still like a ton of extensions left. It was word of mouth and my goal was to be completely booked by the end of February. Yeah. So I started to do a referral program. Um, if you refer a friend, you both get 20% off. I got a ton from that. Wow. And that's really all it took is to get me over the top. Are you still in the salon or did you go get your own place separate from the salon? I'm still renting a room in the salon, but I have plans to mm. probably be out by the end of the year, early next year. Okay. Mm. Oh, awesome. So a lot of people might giggle at this, but my husband and I were working on zoning plans now to do like a lash she shed in our backyard and lash from home. All right. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> that's so rich. Can you imagine just being able to work and like go live in like the same place, like or very close? At least, yeah, the commute's mm -hmm. very short now. Yes. Right. So yes, much shorter. You can get it an extra client or two. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Make a little more money and then not actually have to work much harder. So that's very cool. So for you. I think that's something a lot of people don't realize. And I think the highlight, you know, so many people are working, get all worked up about Instagram, Instagram, Instagram. I actually think the amount of return, and I know some people are masters at it and maybe they get a ton of clients, but most salons I know of, Instagram is not their number one referral source. It really becomes clients. So pouring into your client is everything. Make that client, every client, even if they don't tip, make all those clients feel like they're VIPs. And man, they will be absolutely advocates. So here's a question I have for you. Like when you finish with the service, I mean, did they immediately want to book again? Did you automatically ask them? Because for me, that's a test. If they don't book again, I have failed in my job, right? I mean, you of course you have like those one timers, like it's a special event or somebody from out of town. But I mean, that's how I gauge my success. Is it some similar for you? That is how I did it in Maryland because people were booking six months to a year out. Oh my God. Um, yeah. Yep. All right. Here in small town, Illinois, nobody pre-booked. Oh. So it was really weird to, it would be like Thursday or Friday. And then the next week coming up, there'd be like two or three appointments in my book. But honestly, by the time Saturday afternoon came, my week was almost completely booked mm. if it wasn't already. So, yeah, it was one of those weird things. And it hasn't been until recently, I've really had to tell my clients, you guys have got to pre-book at least two or three out because mm -hmm. now it's hard for everyone to get in when they need to. Yeah, you're training the clients. I mean, over time, they will begin to learn that the necessity not waiting the last second. And maybe even in the past, they've been the last artists who weren't as busy, so they didn't have to worry about it. Right. And yeah. that that's, you know, that's how it is. That's how it is in the small town. And now I'm, I'm booked out a month or two and getting close to, you know, month three or four. And I have just a few spaces left. Mm -hmm. So trying to get everyone to pre-book, but yeah. However you roll that, I mean, and the way that you run your business and, and the way that you train your people, that's what you're going to get. Mm -hmm. So yeah. good for you. No, it's just training your clients. And when you first start, I always tell people like, hey, when you first start, you got to be available, do whatever you can, hustle, be open, maybe late, come in early, do whatever you can to get the clients in. Don't do that, that for the rest of your life. But that little hustle in the beginning, because you're just trying to win some fans. And once you have those fans, then you can start putting those boundaries. Kind of saying, you know what? Like Tuss will be like, I don't work Saturdays anymore. All right, great. Monday to Friday, that's it. And we're not working Saturdays anymore. And anyone who's on Saturday just who says, I can't come in there a day amazingly finds they can come in on other days. 
So the key is not to take ownership of a people's disappointed feelings because that's what I used to do all the time. I'd be like, oh, I feel bad. No, you just put the boundary out there and let it stay. You know, don't take ownership. It's so hard, but you got to do it. Yep. And then the clients, especially the pre-booking, you teach them the pre-book. I mean, a lot of people love the online booking and it can be good, but online booking can be an enemy to you as far as you optimizing your schedule. And it might require you to call out people and say, hey, I need to move you up a half hour, move you down here and all this stuff. It can get really difficult and create more work for you. So the better thing to do is to pre-book everyone and just say, look, for you to have the best space for you, where you can have the you know, most optimal time, you should book your appointment now and not wait. And you just create a little fear because you may not, and we would just say, you may not get the time you want to come in. You mm -hmm. may have to come in at a time that's not as ideal for you. And then clients are like, well, forget that. What do you have? Mm -hmm. And then they're like, okay, well, let me tell you. And you give them usually, I gave people two, maybe three options max. I don't want to go, well, I got opens on Monday and Tuesday and Friday and Sunday. And like, and you never say I'm all open this day. Yeah. You just no, give them no. just a couple of options and that's it. Yeah. You just say, I got Wednesday at three and Thursday at five. What do you, which one do you want? Then they go, oh, I'll take Thursday. That's <laughs> yeah. how I roll. <laughs> yeah. And that really makes it a lot easier. Now, we should probably wrap up here in just a little bit. But first, because I know you're such a fan. I mean, you love our industry. And I rarely run into people who are as obsessed as you. Just seeing you, interacting with you, and all that. What do you first love about the lash industry? What really gets you excited? So satisfying my OCD, obviously. <laughs> but our lash industry, and I know everyone says, oh, well, you know, 10, 12 years old isn't that old, but it's still so new. There's so many opportunities and so many things that can still be invented and just done. Like, I love that when I take trainings, because I still take trainings, I take probably at least one, maybe two a year. They teach you that solid lash foundation about lash help, but you guys, you can do, if it works for you and your clients love it, you get great results, you get healthy lashes, freaking do it. That's going to set you apart and that's going to keep our industry growing and expanding and just be innovative. All you have to do is you and do what makes you and your clients happy. And I mean, I just, I love that. There's so much still to do and discover and do different and you just have to do it. You have to stop listening to the, oh, well, that's too much adhesive or that's, you don't lash baby lashes. Like I use a little bit more adhesive than most than I was trained to, but I have healthy clients. I have clients with healthy lashes and I have awesome retention. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tessa's been doing it for 16 years. Has had probably some clients have been with her 14, 15 years. And when people look yeah. at me funny, the first thing I'll say to them is I do lashes wrong. I honestly don't need <laughs> to right? tell people, you know, I don't need to prove myself. You know, they'll look at me like, how could you do that? I do lashes wrong. You yeah. just do it. Just it works it. and you just mm -hmm. do it. And no one's dying. People aren't having permanent damage. I think the fear thing, people like to do that because I don't know, it creates good posts, I guess. You put on things and you get a lot of likes and a lot of feedback. Yeah, I don't want to damage those lashes. But the truth is you're not really destroying anyone's life. No one's dying from this. You're just doing it differently. You're trying something unique. You're thinking outside the box. And like you said, you're fully booked in four and a half months. All that matters is that you're making a living and you're making money. Not that some lash artist in Wyoming is looking at your lashes going, well, she does them wrong. Yeah. I just do them different. I hate, hate, hate the look of classic lashes. 
I wasn't happy with it. I wasn't satisfied with it. And I went and found someone who could help me do it different and make it better. And that's what I did. And nobody else's work looks like mine. But again, in four and a half months, I'm fully booked. See, that's what I love. I mean, that's your work stands for itself. Your full book stand for itself. You've created a niche for yourself. You've done something special that nobody else does in Yay. your area. And you did it by saying, I'm going to do it differently. Yeah. So I'm so proud of you. Thank you. If anything, we hope people take from this as you're sitting there going, I've always wanted to try this. Try it. Do it. Just try it. Just Absolutely. Worst that will happen, the personal client will come back and go, eh, eh, didn't, didn't really, really like work. it. Okay, no. well, let's try something else. Yeah, or you know, maybe you'll give her a discount because yeah. you use her as a guinea pig. So I'm going to try something new on you. I'll give you half off this one time because I just want to see what happens. No, you don't have to do that. What you say is I'm going to try something new. Let me know if you have any issues. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, it's lashes, you guys. Mm-hmm. Come on. Let's all just different looks, different styles, different techniques. Just I know it's it's not it's not, a, it's not a tattoo. I mean, it's not permanent. Right. Yeah, tattooing be different. <laughs> you can banana peel it off and start over. Now, what's something that frustrates you about the industry? It could be the opposite of what you just said you love, but maybe. Oh my goodness! Yeah. What, what are some things that are like ah, it's so hard for me? A couple of things that really frustrate me as so in Maryland, you did not have to be licensed to mm. get lash certified. I had a couple clients and a lot of people that I knew that were going out and get lash certified because they're like, oh, I need a side hustle. I really need to make some good money. Not knowing. And I mean, I even tell them, hey, it takes a ton of practice. Like you've got to put in the hard work. Yep. It's muscle memory. You have to do it several times a day, several times a week just to keep it going. When I go on vacation for a week, I don't come back from vacation and do volume sets because I know I'm going to suck at them. So I start off easy with classics, but I don't know if like a lot of people don't take it very seriously or they just do it for a quick buck. And there's a lot of lash artists that aren't great just flooding the industry just because they think they can make good money. And that's the same for lash artists going out and training. There's a lot that are training just for a quick buck. They're not doing it for the lash artist. And I forget what's her name was on one of your podcasts not too long ago saying that trainers, they're not in it for the lash artist. They're in it for the money. Yeah, it's frustrating to me. I would rather do like apprentice programs or mentorship programs. And that's what I plan on doing with my last she shed is (laughs) having a lash artist or two and just kind of take them under my wing and show them everything I know and everything that I can do for them. Amen. Preach it. But yeah, that's that's why we're fans of you. I mean, that's why we have like the same DNA because it's like your goal is for the industry and for the people and and to give good value. It's not just to make a quick buck and it's to do things the right way even if it's harder right even if it takes longer you do it the right way put in the work yeah put in the work as uh, i've used this quote many times with with seth godin chopping the wood and carrying the water it's not sexy but if you do it long enough do it every day look back one day and be like wow look what i built i built Mm -hmm. something really cool exactly but it takes time there's no instant overnight successes almost ever once the blue moon there will be but but for the majority of us, it's going to be years of hard work to get where we want. I mean, most people look at Borboletta or Sugar Lash Pro or some of these other brands and go, oh, they just overnight became big deals. I can assure you, no, none of them did. They they all worked their ass off for years before they got to where they were. Sweat and tears. Yeah. So, okay. Do you have anything coming up? I know you mentioned you want to do this mentorship program. I know you have some other ideas. I don't know if you want to share anything that maybe you're working on or any next stages for you or. Well, one thing, so my brother is an engineer and I had this idea one day and he kind of brought it to life for a lash tool. So right now we're trying to find the perfect manufacturer to get it started. Awesome. And I have spoken to Mary with Cosmolite because she's amazing. So she's helping me out. Mary Harcourt. But that's in the works. And then again, just doing my little uh, she shed, having my own business and mentoring and 
just whatever I can do to, and as cheesy as it sounds, to put back into the lash industry. Because again, I don't want to cheapen it. I want to make it better. I want it to grow. This is my career. I'm extremely passionate about it. I want to see how far it can go. Yeah. And indeed you are, Christy You are. Yeah. You are putting back in. You are investing it and you are replicating. I think that as you continue to grow in your career, you're going to be able to look back and see what a legacy you've created. And we want to be cheerleading and, and cheering you all, all along the way. That's yeah. why we're so honored to have you here today. And when you have that pro- and when you have that product, we'll have to have you on and you can talk about it, mm-hmm. what it does and all that, because we really want to see more innovation in our industry. I think we finally hit that wall about two years ago where the industry just kind of maxed out what it could do. Everyone was either a trainer, a product line, or a lash artist. That was it. And then and that was, yeah, that was it. That, that was, was it. it. And then in the last two, three years, we've seen a real kind of spreading out. People are coaching, people are coming up with products, people are coming up with gift box things and different new tools, new tools, and subscription and, services. And that's and, yeah. freaking awesome. Like yeah. our industry is going to, uh, I can't wait. Like yeah. I'm excited to see like two, five, 10 years. Yeah. It's a good thing. And uh, if you hopefully listening, you're thinking about wanting to do that. Just, I, I knew Mary would be a wonderful resource for people. If you guys haven't listened to that episode, go listen to Mary Harcourt's episode where she talks about Cosmo Glow and how she had to fight through to get that thing to life. And she's still working on it, still perfecting it, still learning as she goes. And it's a great episode and one I really wanted to share because I was hoping that a lot of people would hear that and just go, you know what? Maybe... I should just take the leap. And I know Mary is one of those people that's so generous. If you just reach out, she might give you at least point you, give you a pointer, like go she here, is try this. so sweet. Yes, she did. I sent her a message. I was like, Hey, you don't know me from Adam, but this is what I've got going on. And she was like, girl, all right, I got you. And I was oh, like, oh, you're the sweetest so Mary. Oh, so cool. Well, that where, where awesome. can people find you on Instagram, you know, the internet, the world and all that. Oh, uh, Instagram. I'm at Christy Lee lashes. Can you spell it for Easy us? Easy enough. Yeah. Uh, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y-L-E-I-G-H Christine. and then lashes. Lashes. Yeah, <laughs> lashes. I think we got. And we will definitely uh, put the links in the show notes and all that. But Chrissy Lee, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure getting to know you over this last few months and our little Yes, likewise. Group. Thank you get, so much. She's easily one of the most passionate people we've met in the industry. So I, I have a feeling that same passion you have for what we're doing and what we're working on. You're just going to keep taking that and the bigger and better things for you in this industry. We're looking forward to see what happens. Oh my God, you know it. <laughs> <laughs> we love you. Well, thanks for coming I love on. you guys. Mm. All right. Take care. Thank you. Hey, guys. That's it. That's a wrap. We are all done. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I want to please ask you to follow us on Instagram at Lashcast Podcast and at the Lash Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. On behalf of my Lash Sweetheart Tustin, as well as our special guest, Christy Lee, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. And remember, you have a friend in the lash industry. <laughs>